Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Life of a Tour podcast, where we are cultivating conversations for women on the journey to self-love, self-discovery, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Tara Sherman, and today we have a very, very special guest who has also been on the show before, Miss Samantha Fox. Hey, Miss Samantha, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. So I am really, really excited to have you on. And just before we dive into some of the questions that I have, um, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do? Okay. Well, um, of course, my name is Samantha. Um, I'm from North Carolina and I'm actually a farmer here. Um, I'm a certified, state certified beekeeper. Um, make finished products that most ingredients they start at the farm so pretty much life is busy life is hectic a lot of responsibilities <laughs> um i have probably over a dozen chickens um the same with quails bunny rabbits two thousand twenty thousand bees so um it's really a lot going on and um pretty much that's my day-to-day job right now um, the first time I came on the show, I was actually, which I still do have a cosmetics brand, but it's kind of stemmed out into creating more natural and um, holistic products. Cool, cool. Okay, so um, as you guys heard Samantha say, the very first time I had her on the show, um, we did speak about your cosmetics brand. So can you talk to me a little bit more about... Um, because I don't want to say you transitioned. I, I feel like you just really expanded. Um, like, how did you get from the cosmetics into more of an agriculture um, company? Well, um, I mean, really, in a sense, you know, it's real kind, really kind of in the same lines. All of it is about making people feel good, mm-hmm. which is essentially what cosmetics do, you know. Um, it makes somebody feel great, you know, confident when they wear makeup. So really, like you said, it's really just an expansion um, with what I was already doing. So I've really kind of just taken it a step further in what my ultimate goal is dealing with total wellness and with women, um, also men. So I want to have it kind of like from that inside Mm -hmm. out type thing. So it not only deals with the outside, but also, you know, what's going on inside in terms of what everything you're putting in your body not you know, not not only you know the cosmetics on your skin and that type of thing because it does matter the ingredients that are in some commercialized um products you know can potentially be dangerous you know so we have right. to be aware of everything that we're consuming you know be it you know what we're listening to what we're eating um you know what we're watching you know the people we hang around the conversations we're having with them so um, I really, like I said, I want the total wellness type of feel with the company. Mm-hmm. So um, really right now, I'm just kind of focusing in more so on Mother's Finest and really honing in on my skills. And then I want to take it to 1675 okay. and, um, you know, kind of mesh the two together in that way. And um, really, you know, at 1675, everything really kind of just took off really fast, you know, very, very um, successful in terms of growth in a short period of time. And you really get burnout from, um, you know, just really working, you know, working constantly. 
and um, I really kind of want to, I'm still there, but I kind of want to step back so I still can have the love for the brand like I originally did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you really have to prioritize what's best for you, you know, in certain time periods. And you want to love what you do and you don't want it to be where you're exhausted and, you know, you're tired and you're overworked. Because once you lose that love, then, you know, the whole feel for the brand and that type of thing is done. Mm -hmm. So, and this year, I've really just, like I said, been kind of just kind of taking it slow, learning more about um, agriculture, ingredients that I want my products to have and that type of thing. So, once I finally kind of get my feel for this business, because it's just hitting a year um, with Mother's Finest, then eventually I mesh the two together and kind of, you know, get a general feel of the direction that I want to go with with both of them. Okay, cool, cool. So I kind of want to um, backtrack a little bit and, and touch on two things that you spoke about. So um, when you talk about, you know, us being mindful of the things, um, just being mindful of the things that we're using because a lot of the ingredients can be harmful because I know even for me, <laughs> even for me, um, I was using like a face wash and um, and I'm pregnant and the face wash that I was using had ingredients in it that weren't that weren't healthy for me while pregnant. And I'm like, I would have mm-hmm. never, like, I would have never known that. Like, And so it's just mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the smallest things that like, that you don't even think about. Uh, well, I know I, I didn't um, originally. So um, I think that's important to discuss as well. Um, right. Um, I, I totally, you know, understand, and I've been in both positions, and that's why I can kind of, you know, talk about both, because you don't want people to get the impression that you're, like, up here, and then, you know, you're educating from that, you know, like you're, you know, talking down to somebody, mm-hmm. because I've been in both shoes, you know, where I really wasn't as educated as I am now about ingredients and, you know, natural type things versus commercialized, you know, kind of mm-hmm. big box products. And, um, you know, once I started getting kind of an understanding of that, it really kind of changed my outlook on a lot of different things in terms of, you know, what I was buying. Um, You know, it's like everything's in such a beautiful package, and that's all they really have to sell us, you know, is just the packaging. And, um, you know, but what's inside of it, you know, a lot of us just aren't reading, you know, we're um, kind of going with the trends and things like that. So getting into this you know I already had the desire to have overall you know like the best quality ingredients and I was doing handmade products which is why for me I probably had more of the burnout is because I was actually you know sitting down and making each product by hand mm-hmm. and um you know it wasn't a machine doing this this was I wasn't you know wholesaling these items I was making it you know and that takes a lot of energy time that type of thing and especially with the amount of customers that I was servicing you know with one person you know it can be a lot so and then of course you know making things I was like really in a good creative space so I was coming out with stuff constantly and then you have to keep up with all of that you know once you're getting the orders and that type of deal but um it can be dangerous you know even some of the brand names that we're really familiar with um, in terms of products that we so-called consider tried and true, mm-hmm. they're not good for us, you know, and um, it's really more of an industrialized approach in terms of servicing customers. 
So, you know, instead of quality ingredients, they're looking at quantity, you know, so they're looking to service millions of people opposed to, you know, just providing the best quality ingredients and servicing a particular market. So for me, you know, I really, you know, I'm not looking to say to service 3 million people. I prefer to have quality. So, you know, um, pretty much each ingredient, I'm with the plants or whatever it is that I'm growing, it goes inside of it, the oils I'm infusing with the plant, that type thing. So it's really hands-on, you know, in terms of like you're there with the plant from the seed to the <clears throat> to the mature plant and then you're harvesting that plant and then once you harvest it, then you transform it into a finished product, which mm-hmm. can be a multitude of things. Um, for instance, the elderberry syrup, that I make, you know, that has ingredients that are organic and grown on a farm from the honey to the berries, um, which is a syrup that is used for immune support. So, you know, in terms of me not having more so of, and it can be the same thing with farming too, you know, farming on a larger scale is the same thing that we're finding about food that we're consuming from the grocery store is they're looking for servicing a large amount of people. So, the tactics or the practices that they're u- using are more so for, you know, for a, for growing, you know, large amounts of food. So that can be a various amounts of things from spraying, you know, growing inhibitors on it to just having some really nasty practices in terms of what they're doing with the food. Right. And, um, you know, like eggs that you get from the grocery store, those eggs could have been there for months you know, they're bleached, you know, those type of things so they can have this consistent look to the egg, you know, opposed to like, you know, when I grow, go outside and I grab the egg, you know, it's a multitude of colors because I have, you know, different chickens. So I'm not necessarily getting all white eggs. And I started seeing stuff like this, you know, hands on for myself. And I'm like really opening my eyes up to a lot of you know, um, I don't know if I want to call it propaganda. I mean, it's really kind of sad when you look yeah. at it and you start seeing things for sa- for face value. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, this is, like, not only dangerous to me, it's dangerous to my whole entire family. Yeah. And then you have kids. As mothers, what do we think we want to do for our kids? We want to do the best, right? Right. And you're thinking, you know, you're doing the best by your kid by you know, giving them like a go-gurt or, you know, just different things that, you know, are so-called organic and stuff like that. And it's very trendy with the way that they word things in marketing. Mm -hmm. They can, you know, kind of get away with savvy terms that mean a lot of BS, to be honest. You know, it really means nothing. You know, it's not what the product is at all. So they're really savvy about, you know, terminology and how they word things, you know, and, um, that's how they kind of slide it through the cracks. And you're like, wow, I'm doing so great. You know, I'm buying this organic, such and such. And it's truly not even that. Right. So it really is <laughs> a dirty game. You know, it really is honestly a dirty game when you're looking at some of these corporations and, you know, businesses and and the practices that they have. And, you know, number one for me was really seeing how disconnected people were with where their food comes from, even myself, like we don't know, we don't even question it. We don't even think to say anything. You know, we just go to the store, we buy the food, we take it home and that's it. And, you know, I started seeing like, why am I I okay with this? 
so that kind of got me to dig deeper and start really, you know, supplying my own at home and really, you know, being aware about the choices that I was making and trying to do better because you do have to retrain yourself. You pretty much have to relearn everything, you know, mm-hmm. that you're taught because we can only do what we're taught. And, you know, that's kind of how we go on through life until you start realizing that they're different ways. Right. And then it's like, it really is scary because like even when I walk into a grocery store now, it's like the more I learn, the more I'm like, the more I feel like, well, you know, dang, what what can I eat out of the grocery store? I know. It's, <laughs> so, it's sad. That's why I'm like, it's almost sad. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you really, like, I'm to the point where I'm like, well, dang, like what, you know, I can't eat none of this. Or, you know, every mm-hmm. other every other week you... I remember I had bought some chicken and it was like a recall on chicken. I'm like, it's a recall on chicken? Like, it's chicken. Vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, when do vegetables get to be a problem? You know, right. you start seeing stuff like a salad bag can take, you know, especially like during the holidays. I think it was one Thanksgiving. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it may have been like two years ago and they had a recall on the salad bags at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And... It creeped me out. I'm like, you know, you're sitting there at dinner, everybody's there, and what do we mostly do? We grab those salad bags, they're easy, it, you know, adds on to having something so-called fresh, you know, to our meal. Right. But something like that could potentially take out millions of people just from a salad. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm seeing that, that's scary to me. And, um, you know, like how quick it can happen and things could change, you know, in terms of, like, you know, I don't want to get too deep into things, but like, pop, you know, controlling the pocket, one bag like that could take out millions if it's going all across the nation, Yeah, you know, and people are buying this at Thanksgiving, everybody's together, they're eating, and you're thinking you're doing something good for your family when you're doing that sincerely from your heart, you know, right. like I'm making my family a fresh, you know, salad and, and um, you know, doing something healthy when in reality it's dangerous, so... Mm-hmm. It's really a day-to-day process, like I said. To, for, for one, you got to process all of this and kind of analyze it and really see it for what it is and then get over the trauma from that. Because <laughs> it is traumatizing. I'm glad you it's used that word. It's traumatizing, yeah. <laughs> it's traumatizing. So, you know, once you kind of internalize it for yourself, however you do it, you know, <laughs> it's traumatizing. And then you kind of come back, you know, and then you start you know, seeing what decisions you need to make to kind of make the situation different. Because for me, I want to live, you know, I want to live to see my kids grow older. I want to see them go to college. You know, my youngest son, he's five years old. You know, I have a long way to go with him. My oldest son is um, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people in my family who have had cancer. You know, I don't want that to be me. You know, I don't want to go in that type of way, you know, and I'm losing them. So, you know, when I'm seeing that, you know, I really have to put my big girl pants on and really make some tough decisions about, you know, um, I don't want to say taking shortcuts, but um, just kind of, you know, really focusing in on what's important. And um, sometimes, you know, that's like what I'm doing now. You know, all of this is really a day-to-day thing. It takes a lot of my time up. Um, in terms of responsibility, you know, because I have to see the chickens daily. You know, they don't take any excuses. None, nothing outside takes an excuse. I have to do it every day, you know. Mm-hmm. 
which can be tough, you know. It can. It, it's definitely not an easy job. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I don't want to do it. But, you know, I kind of pull it together. And I like that because it definitely builds character in me. Mm-hmm. And I can take that in other areas of my life, like my work ethic, you know, and things like that it, anywhere I go. So I do like that he does give me skills that I can take throughout life and not just, you know, in farming. You know, I can take that type of work ethic anywhere, anywhere, and I would excel. Yeah, so that that's really good. And you, you raised so many valid points. And you know how people always say that, like, ignorance is bliss? I almost want to ask you, like, do, like, the amount of knowledge that you're gaining now, does it kind of scare you? But it's like, oh, I know too much. <laughs> like, um, like, do you ever you know what? Way? Sometimes, you know, with it, it can in a sense, but you know what? I'm honestly, I don't, I don't live in fear, mm-hmm. you know, about anything because I feel like I wouldn't know if it wasn't meant for me to understand. So, you know, you really start putting yourself in a position like, you know, like this is my job, you know, mm-hmm. to educate people and um i did another podcast earlier and i talked about you know they had an article yesterday it went out in the newspaper and just seeing the support you know of people and just like genuine love and i know i can go a little bit further because you know you know i'm building an army behind me to kind of you know give me that push to keep on going because knowledge is power you know and one thing that is definitely power is a black woman or a black man with knowledge Mm -hmm. you know that right there in itself is scary to a lot of people. So I don't, you know, in a sense, I don't feel fear, but, you know, sometimes I do think like, you know, I've been censored a couple of times just recently with things that I post because I do have a lot of information, but I don't necessarily, you know, feel, feel fearful or anything like that because I'm going to continue doing it, you know, for right. one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You know, I'm like, I I can't stop, you know, like, I I feel like, you know, if I hold on to the knowledge, then what am I serving the people, you know, by doing that? Or if I'm not sharing with somebody who wants to understand, then what am I really doing? Like, I feel like it's a waste, you know, like money comes and goes and that type of thing like that. But knowledge, if I can, you know, help a family to, you know, start a small garden and then now that family, you know, a year later, they're self-sufficient and they're providing their own food you know and giving people that type of hope is um it's empowering and you don't want to you don't want to live in fear of doing any of it because that's when I kind of feel like you know things kind of come to you so I just kind of try to stay focused and um not get too caught up in too many things if that makes sense you know my life is like really kind of basic with things I do I don't you know I I catch the news kind of on social media as much as I can I don't watch TV, you know, um, I do a lot of writing, um, reading as I can. I've taken probably about four classes in the last year. So I've had like a lot of, you know, knowledge kind of dripped up in my brain in the last few months. So just processing and kind of catching up with all of that from day to day because, you know, the knowledge is great, but I have to be able to, you know, um, process all of it and um use it you know like right. put it in action so that takes a lot of slowing down so pretty much every day you know i do my stuff on social media for mm-hmm. um promotions and work and marketing research that type deal but um in terms of like day-to-day activities it's mainly like the farm um whatever i'm kind of thinking of in terms of preparing for the market 
and that type of deal. So it really can kind of be like a isolated life right now, you know, right now with things. And that's just how I feel like I need to be in order to be able to understand everything that I'm doing. I just need to kind of be by myself. Right. And kind of really just have that, like, ironclad focus, you know. And that's hard for a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. to do that. So, um, for me, I feel like sometimes that's necessary. And, um, you know, you feel like you're really growing up in a sense, you know. Like, I'm really, (laughs) I'm like, I'm grown now. (laughs) You know, because you don't feel like you need people to necessarily feel validated. You know, like being in a group of people and that type of deal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you really need to be alone so you can know who you are and what you stand for. Especially if you're standing for something strong. You know, you got to have your feet grounded. So, you know, it's like a lot of that going on right now. And uh, which is difficult because, you know, a lot of people come out to the market and really kind of say, you know, I'm there. They are inspired by what I'm doing. And, um, you know, you kind of want to be mindful with your energy and things like that. I personally do. So sometimes I struggle with that because it's like, you know, everybody kind of wants me here or there. So it's kind of hard to rationale. I have to just prioritize, you know, and sometimes that can be disappointing to people. And, um, you know, because you can't be everywhere at one time. Right. Right. That's true. Um, and my next question for you is, have you met many other African-American farmers? Can you repeat it one more time? I said, have you met many other or any other African-American farmers at all? Um, well, you know, I do know a lot of um, older male, you know, African-American farmers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it, it can be challenging, you know, in terms of that's probably one of my difficult areas is because they do kind of have the traditional type way of thinking in terms of what I'm doing. You know, they don't feel like it's really necessarily my place to be, you know, a farmer. And, um, you know, that's okay because, I'm, like I said, I have to be really strong in everything that I'm doing. Right. And, um you know, it can be hard, you know, they just grew up in a certain time, and they have different, you know, ideas about, you know, what farming is, and definitely, they don't really see me, excuse me, as being a farmer, you know, most women in that time period, they look at as gardeners, and a lot of women during that time, you know, that they might have loved to do what I'm doing right now, but they didn't do it, you know, they didn't even have a voice to stand up for themselves and say, hey, I want to farm too, so, you know, I really get that ammunition, and I've talked to, you know, women that were like, you know, I just love what you're doing. You know, when I was your age, I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. You know, I was just a wife at that time. Mm-hmm. So when I hear things like that, it really gives me, like, it makes me go on fire, you know, and I really, you know, I take stuff like that to heart. Mm-hmm. So I try to be, like, you know, break barriers with what I'm doing because it's like a whole generation of women who would love to do every single thing that I'm doing, going out, you know, farming and not being a gardener, but farming on Mm -hmm. a, you know, a larger scale and I'm doing that type of deal, but they never had a voice to do that. So when you hear something like that, that's, you know, for me, I guess, because I'm empathetic to things like that. And I know for a fact, you know, I've talked to plenty of women you know, during that time period where they didn't do a lot of things that they wanted to because it just wasn't, quote, unquote, a woman's role. Right. 
you know, for me, you know, hearing that, I've just kind of made it like my personal mission. Like, you know, I'm going to take it there and beyond for all of those women who didn't get a chance to do it. All right. That's good. Now, have you met, um, now I actually have you met any African-American farmers. Have you met any other African-American female farmers? Um, I hadn't really, you know, came in contact, you know, okay. a lot in the area who are farming, you know, um, it is a couple that I noticed that do sell produce and things like that. Um, they're probably, you know, not as many that aren't so in depth with it. Like, um, with what I'm doing is especially number one beekeeping, you know, um, right. I just find a lot of African-Americans are afraid of bees and which is weird to me, you know, because I'm like, if we were, me. <laughs> Who are the who are the beekeepers? You know what I mean? And it just right. boggles my mind. Like we were, you know, doing all of this and we're out here so called working the land and that type of deal, then you know, I feel like it's almost like a a piece of history that's erased for black beekeepers. And I'm it's gotta be there. Because if we were keeping the land and all of that, then who was beekeeping? They had to have the bees. Well yeah. <laughs> so I'm really puzzled. You know, it's just weird. You know, you don't see that. Even in older pictures, have you seen it? Because I haven't seen it at all. No, and I've been scared, you know, afraid of, of bees. Like, you know, <laughs> it's weird. You know, it's like the weirdest thing to me. So I'm like, this is just strange. Because like, <laughs> it, it is weird how... <laughs> yeah, I think it is weird because it's like... We did used to do so much. And it's like, I thought we've gotten right. so far like, removed from it. People? Yeah, we've gotten yeah, so far removed so from this. So far away thing. from it. <laughs> I think they've, like, ripped it out of every book that they can find, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Right. It's like Y'all a weird thing nothing. to me. Because I'm like, if we were working the land and nobody wanted to do that part, I'm sure they weren't jumping up for joy to be beekeepers. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we would do that, too, you know. But if we don't know about it and we can't see ourselves in those shoes, mm-hmm. then we don't relate to it, you know. So we're, like, totally driven away from it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, if I look at a, a white woman, you know, and she's a beekeeper, I can't see myself. It doesn't motivate me to want to be in her shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I took it on as a personal mission to go out and educate kids because I didn't see a black woman as a beekeeper. And I wanted younger black females to see that early because they can picture themselves in me because I'm like, you know, their mom is an African-American woman or, you know, things like that, you know, or the grandmother, their aunt or whatever, you know, but they can actually visualize themselves inside of me. And so many cases they come in scared and after the day is over, you'll hear hear them say, I want to be a beekeeper like you, you know, because see themselves doing it because it's relatable. We do what we, we can, you know, what we can relate to. Right. So it's just, um, you know, that type of thing. I go out, you know, just so they can see me. I put on my suit and that whole type of thing. And, um, you know, just hearing them say that alone is like, yay. Like, at least maybe I can set a trend for more to even consider doing it. Mm -hmm. And really connecting with the parents and encouraging them to push them more toward doing it. And I leave them with a lot of jewels when I leave. You know, I'm like, you go on YouTube and look at this up by yourself. Like, if you play a game or download a game, you know, you can look up a video yourself like you know just stay encouraged yourself and push yourself to do it so it really is um a special journey with that because sometimes it just makes me like emotional you know seeing them they're like i'm scared i'm scared i don't want to see the bees like i want them far away from me and then like an hour with them they're like completely into it 
and the whole situation has changed, you know, because I make it fun, you know, when they see me, they look at me as being, you know, younger and that type of deal, and, mm. um, you know, they can really relate to it, and it's really just a special thing. Yeah, and then, because um, I do see you uh, teaching a lot of different classes, um, as far as being, because I know, like, I have a gang of nieces, <laughs> um, and I know if they were to see a B, they would be screaming and running. And full disclosure, <laughs> I will be too. Um, what? <laughs> and it's crazy. That's why I said, like, when did it's like they, you know, made us so afraid of everything that, you know, we were probably so much closer to, which is, you know, we have right. to kind of, you know, come back to the things that we have been pushed so far away from. And, um, you know, that's just kind of hard for me to see myself, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what happened soon? All of this is going to be the loss art of everything that we originated if we don't, you know, step in and rearrange the thinking. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's, that's true. Um, and I definitely think what you are doing is super necessary. So, um, even when I saw you beginning to get into agriculture, I'm like, I just feel like it was so dope because I'm like not an outdoors person. I'd rather be inside, scared of everything that crawls. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's what most people say. They're like, I'm scared of every bug, and I took yeah. such a worm, and I was I, I I had a phobia of worms. I mean, it wasn't just scared. Mm-hmm. I've called out of work before because a worm was on the ground. I mean, I was that scared of it. Okay. And you know, I started like breaking myself of having fear of so many different things you know because i had become this person like i said i've called out of work this is probably maybe about seven or eight years ago maybe even a little bit longer and uh i saw my grandmother growing up she was afraid of snakes and she would throw away the paper that's how much she hated to see a snake and it just kind of made me you know, growing up, I kind of made myself so afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And even trickle down anything that didn't have legs. And that's how the worms kind of came in place. Gotcha. Where I'm like, it's got worms. I just don't like it, you know. Right. And we kind of create that type of stuff. But once I started, like, breaking out of that and just having, you know, no fear about, you know, coming in contact with different things, it really did make me a stronger person in terms of, like, challenging myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, really, you know, going out and like, you know, I just get into this mind frame. Like, even when I'm going in the beehive, you know, I just get into this mind frame. And, you know, I think about it like work in a sense, but it's really like a strategic type of thing. Like, you know, everything's planned out. When I go inside, I'm, I've looked at the weather. I know what I'm going in to look for, you know, that type of thing. And yeah. I like, you know, challenging my mind like that. So it ended up being like a really good thing for me because, you know, you have to kind of calm down. You're not in a hurry, that type of thing. So it really is almost like a therapeutic thing because when I go out there, I have to make sure that I'm in a mind frame, like I'm calm and, you know, I'm in a good mood and that type of thing because they really do have good senses that you don't want to go in, you know, like you're angry or, you know, you're slamming stuff down. You just can't go in like that. So I have to force myself to slow down and really take in consideration and I need to do that we all need to do that in the sense of like nurturing and you know just slowing down with life life can be so much sometimes it's just good just to slow down and every time I get in there I'm like wow that was an amazing experience 
So that's one thing that I appreciate about it is just, you know, being able to slow down mentally, think things through step by step. And again, I can take that type of thing with me anywhere I go, you know, because I'm learning about problem solving. So, I didn't get it. Second. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's awesome, though. I really do love it. That's great. Okay, so just in in wrapping up, could you share, um, could you share like maybe one to one or two of like the most important things you have um, learned since being in this field, like things you didn't know uh, prior to actively being in this field. Um, I guess um, number one would probably be these are absolutely um, some of the most interesting insects I have ever, you know, studied and the amount that I've learned about them, especially like the coordination with the sun and that type deal. They have eyes that can, you know, look at the sun, you face them according to the way the sun rises and that thing and, you know, started seeing the connections with just the earth and the environment in a whole was just almost um, mind-blowing, you know, it really rearranged my thinking about, you know, in terms of a higher power and stuff like that. I don't, mm-hmm. can't necessarily call myself a religious person. Yeah. Um, I am spiritual, and when I start, like, they have eyes especially made to, you know, look at the sun, like, that blows my mind, like, <laughs> I'm like, it, it really just, it's almost hard to believe, you know, and I started learning about the bee anatomy and that type of thing. And um, like I said, it it really just took me to another level in terms of like studying bees and their behavior. And um, it really probably was most, probably one of the most interesting things about this whole experience. Number two would probably be the, um, how therapeutic farming is in terms of, you know, it has been a traumatic experience for African-Americans. And I really feel like it really is something that we should get back connected to because it is therapeutic. Every time I go outside, I plant a seed, you know, it's something that empowers me, you know, and I always say planting seeds to liberate the people. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, you know, it's really true. That's what my goal is, is just to bring everybody back to, you know, where we started, you know, and it's, I I love my community and that type of thing, but, you know, I think about it on a worldwide level, and we've been, you know, putting so much fear of this, we, we don't want to be associated with hard work anymore, you know, we try to drive ourselves so far from these things when, you know, it's inside of us to do that, so I guess that would probably be number two, is just the, the therapy that you can, you know, the therapeutic aspect of it, you know, as a people that we could, you know, get from the whole experience. Okay, that's good. That is good. So I have learned so much, like, <laughs> you got me ready to be a beekeeper and start a farm, all jokes aside. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, it's like. You got to get a little baby a bee suit. Right. Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to get him a bee suit ASAP. Mm-hmm. No, but it's like overall, <laughs> get some little plants going. I can see it now. No, because I already, I'm like, but I remember just like being a kid, like my grandfather, 
he used to farm and he I mean not farm but uh, my grandfather had a garden and and he would have us mm-hmm. back there planting tomatoes and cucumbers and and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And then my grandmother, um, hers was more of like she had a green thumb, but it was more like floral. And she'd be like in the mm-hmm. front planting flowers and stuff like that. And it, and Which it is, is a huge business. Mm-hmm. The floral business is just huge, you know. Yeah. So. And I'm like, and I and I remember when we first moved into our home. I'm like, oh my god, I want to plant some flowers outside. And I had all these like plans and I'm like then it's time for you to get out there and start digging and it's like okay girl you scared of all this stuff <laughs> listen I'm gonna have to take a trip down and we're gonna get this party started over <laughs> we're gonna get this thing going listen but and like the thing I love about it is you can do it with your family yeah and, you know like once your kids start getting older because you know I have a five-year-old mm-hmm. and I also have a 16 year old and the thing I like about it is it's a job for everybody because you'll see one, you know, this is your first child and once your kids start to get older, you know, they start kind of getting their own personalities. I'll mm-hmm. say that, <laughs> and, you know, they're going in their, their own directions, you know, they're starting to grow up, yeah. which is a great thing, but you want to have something that can bring you all back together, you know, and you're mm-hmm. doing it as a team. You know, and I want to be able to work with my kids and a lot of families just being real, they can't work together. <laughs> that, that is, the you know, they don't, they don't know how to do it, you know, mm-hmm. because they don't get an opportunity to do it that much. And, and it can be hard for any family because it's a bunch of different personalities and you're coming together and everybody has kind of different opinions how it, how it should be done. But I love the fact that I can do this with my entire family and everybody has something that they like that they can do, you know? All right. That's good. So, that's really so weird. we definitely want you to get those seeds planted after you have the baby and you're better and you're you're done healing and that type of thing and you're going to be out there planting some flowers. I can just see it now. <laughs> I'm like, I had this whole vision in my head, but just even like even before speaking with you, like I've been, you know, I've been watching kind of. Um, you know, just like you promoting yourself and, you know, different things that you're producing. And I just feel so inspired because we have, um, I don't know, I feel like society kind of puts us in a box as far as like the kinds of businesses that we can start. Now, granted, we're going to continue to break down barriers, but just to know, like, um, because I have older men in my family who are in the agriculture business, um, and they mm-hmm. have farms and they breed, you know, chickens and, um, you know, they do all that. But like to see someone who is young and who is female mm-hmm. and who like looks like me, like you represent me. Um, I'm like, dang, she, you know, she's out here doing it. Um, and it just, it's, it's inspiring to me and it, like it just, it sparks joy in me to, to be able to see that in you. Um, and so before, uh, we close out. Could you just share like some words of encouragement for, um, I say women like me who, um, women like me who are inspired by what you do and then other women who may be actually interested in starting, in in farming or, you know, in taking on this career full on, but they don't know where to begin because, you know, we don't see, we don't see us. We don't get a chance. Yeah. We don't see us. You know, and like it, it can be hard, you know, even when I'm there with us, you know, as with males or just with us in general, you know, because, you know, I they say I'm a glamorous farmer and that type of deal, but it's just not glamour all the time. I promise you sometimes I'm scratched up, you know, from the chicken coop or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've smashed my finger, 
nailing something. So I probably would say to just start small. And the main thing, what I found, number one, is that women make good farmers for a lot of different reasons. And um, generally, we good planners. And that's exactly what it takes, you know, is the skill of planning. We normally plan out the groceries, plan out, you know, what the kids are having for dinner, you know, and that type of deal. So it's really inside of us to do these type of things. And when you look at animals, you know, it's not really the male animal who goes out and gets the food. It's the woman, you know, the female, the female animal, yeah. you know, when you're looking at different hierarchies and animals and that type of deal. But, um... So what I probably would say in terms of starting it as a business is really just focusing on the area that you think, you know, you can succeed at. You know, you don't have to do all of them. You know, I'm kind of like all over the place right now with things, um, you know, kind of doing like a multitude of different things, you know, because mm-hmm. I do the, the hemp products, the wellness tonics, that type of thing. So, you know, just find the area that you feel like you can succeed in, like flowers might be, you know, one area study that area, you know, and you really have to be self-motivated out here, you know, kind of don't wait on anybody to do it, you know, and a lot of times I had to be in those shoes, like I wanted to get in a class or something, and it was full, I couldn't do it, and I would go out and I would buy a book, or I would even find a book that was from the class, Mm -hmm. and I would just read it, Right. so be self-motivated, you know, and, and, you know, it kind of, Sometimes, you know, you have to kind of give that tough love in situations with people like, you know, just like do it on your own, you know, like have that drive to want to go out and, you know, dig deeper on your own. Because a lot of times, you know, in the day and time we're in, people don't really want to necessarily help you. You know, they feel like, hey, they can outdo me or, you know, that type of thing, you know, not saying I'm like that. But I find a lot of other women are like, thank you. I can't believe you told me that. You know, other people I asked them, they just said no and just shut me down, like that type of thing. Right. So, <clears throat> just always have, like, kind of that, you know, that push. Or if you could just think of, about somebody, you know, that really motivates you, you know, kind of just think about that. Or, you know, find what drives you and use that as, you know, your kind of like your ammunition to go and do it. And then, of course, you can always reach out to me. I definitely like to support women, you know, who are um, in agriculture, trying to get inside of this business. So I'm definitely here, you know, if somebody has any questions or, you know, need something answered or direction on how to, you know, get started, I'm definitely check out the Cooperative Extension. If you have one in your area, there are an abundance of resources there. Get involved in classes. A lot of them sometimes are free, sometimes are very inexpensive. And, um, you know, start there. So, you know, just be resourceful. Get connected with Start visiting your local farmer's markets. See how they set it up. And then you can kind of, you know, find your area that you might want to, you know, go in in terms of business. You might want to be a vegetable gardener. gardener. You might want to make finished products like soaps and, and um, natural products and that type of deal. So, you know, just go out and kind of surround yourself with those type of environments. And then you can see, hey, I really like this, or I don't. Or you can make, like, succulents, you know. Like, there's so many different things you can do in agriculture, and especially in business. That's good. That's good. Now, where can people get plugged into you? Like, what's your site, social media handles, et cetera? So, um, definitely um, Instagram, 
is a place that people like um, in terms of information and that type of deal. So my IG is at Mother's Finest Urban Farms. Um, and then the uh, I said Instagram website, website www.mothersfinesturbanfarms.com. And then um, I'm in Western Salem, North Carolina. So if you ever visit, then um, I'm on the at the farmers market on Saturdays from probably around what time eight to eleven. And then um, that's at the Fairgrounds Market. And then I also sell at the Winston Salem Junction Market, and that's nine hundred one Trade Street. And I'm there from like eleven to two. And then I do pop ups. So it's just good to follow the Instagram because things change pretty quickly. So yeah. that way. Pretty much the most current, you know, information is about where we'll be, what products we're doing, and that type of thing. Cool, 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 cool. Um, well, thank you so much, Miss Samantha, for yes, joining ma'am. me. And to those of you who are out there listening, um, thank you for continuing to tune into the Life and Couture podcast, and make sure you get plugged into Samantha and what she has going on because. Um, like we've been talking about her farming, but she's just so ambitious and she, she tackles so many different things that even if you don't really have an interest in farming, I'm telling y'all, she got something. <laughs> she got something. I know, everybody say you do everything. And I'm like, I, 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 I guess I do. I promise y'all I'm trying to answer. I think answering my emails is the one thing that I can't do because I'm always <laughs> feel like I'm behind on that. <laughs> That's my one week. I think that's my kryptonite. <laughs> right. <laughs> but once again, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Life and Couture podcast. And until next time.